We are kicking off a new series tonight. The name of the new series is Only Jesus. Only Jesus. Now, it's going to be a, I'm just going to warn you, it's an eight, I think it's an almost ten-week series right now. Uh, it is still growing as I study and as I learn and as I'm hearing from the Lord. And you know what? Here's, how it, here's the premise of it all. The premise of it all is this. What would happen if we completely surrendered to the Lordship of Christ over our lives? What would that look like for us to really believe only Jesus? That would be it. He would be the literally fixing our eyes on Jesus. What does that look like? It's one thing for us to know him in salvation, right? It's one thing for us to understand him at the beginning, which we talked about at the beginning of the year with MOVE. We talked about the gospel. We talked about the essence of the gospel. We talked about how we need to be the ones sharing the gospel. You heard so many different opportunities and ways to share the gospel with your friends. We actually have another opportunity coming up for you at the end of March. And so we're going to really be intentional about the gospel. Did I just make up a word there? Intentionable? Um, about sharing the gospel. But you know what? There's more to the gospel than just the message of the gospel. It is living the gospel. So what does it look like for us in our life to be completely surrendered to the Lordship of Christ? And so if you have a Bible, I want to call your attention to a verse. John chapter 12, verse 26. John chapter 12, verse 26. This is kind of the theme verse for the whole series. John 12, verse 26. And I want you to memorize this verse, all right? You got 10 weeks to do it. I want you to memorize this verse. We're going to take this verse and we're going to just devour it, all right? John chapter 12, verse 26, it says this. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. And where I am there, my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now, I love the first part of that verse. If anyone serves me, he must follow me. What does that mean? What does that mean to be completely following Jesus? What does that look like? Well, tonight you're going to get the chance to hear a real-life testimony. <laughs> a real-life testimony that is someone who has, you've heard this phrase before, put their yes on the table. That, Lord, you are Lord of my life. And I will go wherever you would want me to go, and I will serve whoever you want me to serve, no matter what location, no matter what geographic location, or even a cultural location. God, if you want me there, I'm in. Those that follow Jesus and have Jesus, only Jesus, as the fixing of their eyes on him, they're going to want to go wherever he would want them to go. And you get a chance as we kick off this series, what does it really mean to be completely obedient to Christ? Because as we followed only Jesus, that's probably characteristic number one, is that we would surrender completely in obedience to whatever you would have us to go. So as we kick off our night, you're going to have an opportunity, kick off this series, you're going to have an opportunity to hear from Kenzie and Morgan. Uh, last week was sad news, as we heard that Morgan was uh, stepping down as high school director. If you have not heard that already, 
It's a week old. Uh, and so, uh, but tonight you get to hear a lot more of their story. You get to hear a lot more of God's calling on their life and the mission that God's sent them on. And so I want you to be mindful of as you hear real life testimony of someone who is completely surrendered to the Lordship of Christ and they're following only Jesus. They put their yes on the table a long time ago and now they are responding to that call for them to go. Um, many of you here were here last week and got to hear just a little bit from Morgan about where the Lord is calling her and Kinsey um, to follow in this missionary task and to take the gospel to the nations. So today we just want to take a minute and sit down with them and get to hear a little bit more um, what that journey has been like, um, how the Lord has been calling them and teaching them and using them, um, and how we as a church body can partner in that as well. So we're going to have a few questions for her, but at the end of tonight we'll have a chance for y'all to be a part of a Q&A. Um, so be thinking of some questions and she'll, you'll get a chance to hear some answers from them. Um, but first of all, Morgan, um, tell us more about your journey to missions and specifically to Chad. Wow, I've known some of you guys for almost four years now. Like I think Caroline, we talked about how we went to middle school camp together, which is really cool. <laughs> um, so we wanted to be able to, Kinsey and I both, share a little bit about how the Lord has worked in our heart. Um, not so that you would know more about us, but so that when the Lord works in your heart in the same ways, you'd be able to pick up on those things and you'd be able to know uh, more of him. And if any part of our story is an encouragement to you, then praise the Lord. Um, and even in addition to that, that this, our story is a part of your story. And as we transition out, we're not leaving as in waving by for forever, but you as our church body um, are the ones sending us, you guys, the ones who've uh, loved on me just as much as I've loved on you for the past four plus years are my church body or my family. So we wanted to include you guys in this story with us because you play such a huge role. Um, so missions, I've talked to a lot of you guys um, about missions before. I think about Anna, we just did the send out training, I mean the send out last weekend. And for me, missions was not in my heart whenever I first became a believer. I was like, Lord, I'll do whatever you say, except for go across the world. I will be available, and I love the idea of ministry and churches and church planting, and I'll move all across America, but like beyond that, I don't know, I got like a week max. <laughs> so that my heart was there for a long time in my walk with the Lord. And I thought, again, like, I know I'm available, but like I really, if at all possible, not that. <clears throat> But as he continued to work in my heart and in my life before I ever met Kinsey, um, I guess two years before I met him, I went to Israel with my dad, and I had a moment with the Lord where he just challenged me, uh, just like Peter uh, on the Sea of Galilee when um, the Lord was walking on the water and called, and Peter said, if that's you, Jesus, call me out on the water. Uh, and he just convicted me and said, if you want to be a part of these awesome things that I'm doing, then you've got to lay at my feet, all of your plans, all of your hopes, all of your dreams, and be willing to follow me, even if that means doing what you think is impossible, even if that looks like walking on the water. And I was like, but Lord, okay. So in that moment, it was surrendering all of, all of my fears, all of my but what ifs to him, even if that meant missions. So for me, I was like, okay, Lord, we're putting all of the options on the table, all of the things out for you to choose and rearrange. Um, and then that kind of started 
uh, writing my heart before the Lord and readying it for missions. Um, then over the next few years, he just continued to affirm. One of those steps was going to Colombia. A lot of you guys, or some of you guys were on that trip, which was incredible. Uh, when he challenged me again, like, yes, Morgan, this will be something hard for you, but you have to be available to it. And um, as I continued to pray and talk with him, Lord, what does that look like? Um, and do you want me to be doing missions? One day I wrote at the top of a piece of paper, um, am I called to missions <laughs> in my prayer time? And it was almost like sarcastically the Lord said yes, as in like everyone's called to missions. And I was like, okay, but God, you know what I mean? Am I called to overseas missions? Am I supposed to like get on a plane and fly to a crazy country? And he just called, he told me, he said, where are your feet today? Um, and he challenged me in obedience day by day. Um, he didn't really answer the question for me. He just said, today you're here at Bellevue. Tomorrow you may be across the world, but be faithful to me day by day. So when I met Kinsey and we started dating and his heart was for missions, I was like, well, you know, my ass is on the table and today we're in America and if tomorrow we're somewhere else, then so be it. So, um, but we, so fast forward, we got married, you know, we were in agreement on that. <laughs> yeah, we did. Yes, we did. Amen. <laughs> um, Amen, yes. And it was always part of our plan for like two years out or, you know, maybe down the road later, we'll do missions together and mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord, it is so true when people say that the Lord goes before you and how he shores up all these little details and pieces of your life that you thought were so random or didn't think would connect. Uh, and he did that in our story. Um, and even in a family that was very much my Memphis family here, the Pyrens, you guys are scattered around and some of you back there, um, they were people who were home here in a place that wasn't home. And even one of the teeniest little details, uh, is that the people we're going to partner with are their biological family. (laughs) And we had... No idea that one day that would be a connection, but how cool to see how the Lord even was just so sweet to bless and add a little comfort to the over the world's travel that that family is already kind of like family. So that's kind of scattered, but the Lord led by affirming and slow progression. It wasn't just one day like, Chad, Africa, that's where we're going. It was definitely day by day, step by step to where we are now. Yeah, and that's so cool to hear just how faithful the Lord was just little by little to confirm that to y'all. But then specifically, what were some of those confirmations where the Lord made it clear to y'all that this is what he was doing in your lives? Yeah, so, I mean, and Kinsey, you can add to this too. We, um, a lot of this was cool to see how the Lord is a God, not a God of confusion, but of clarity. And he can call us to things that are impossible and that we may still have to have great faith to do, um, but he... He is clear in that he is our shepherd, and he is clear when he leads us somewhere. So when Kinsey and I first felt um, kind of this, well, it was a very clear invitation. We had dinner with uh, the family, and they were like, you should totally come to Africa with us. And we were like, what? (laughs) Yeah, we're like, uh, (laughs) what? (laughs) Yeah, it was really that. I didn't have any words. And we got in the car, and uh, we talked about it, and he was like, Kinsey was like, what do you think? I'm like, honestly, I'm very afraid. (laughs) That sounds crazy. But that night, um, we spent some time in prayer, and it was very clear fear versus faith. Um, The fear of what does that mean for our current jobs? How will we pay for any of these things? Where will we live? Blah, blah, blah. And, but I know who our God is. But I know what it means to have faith. And he calls me to trust him even when I don't have all these fill in the blanks. So together, we talked through, okay, now what do we do? Now how do you really figure this out? Um, And a lot of what that looked like for us and what I would encourage you in doing is spending time with the Lord in prayer, in his word, affirming it through your community, as in your church, and then looking at how your circumstances do affect that as well. So that is what we 
did. We kind of went through, okay, Lord, continuing in our time with him and in prayer and in scripture, can you give us an affirmation? Can you show us through your word, um, affirming, not as we flip through randomly and look for something to answer our exact request, but God, show us and lead us. Mm-hmm. Um, and can I add to that yeah, too? Yeah. So the very next day, whenever we were praying that night, the very next day, Pastor Steve was preaching in staff worship. And Morgan was actually leading in worship in that time, and I was out in the audience, and Pastor was preaching uh, over in Exodus. And it was talking about Moses being in the cleft of the rock. And Moses prayed this bold prayer and said, God, I want to see you. I want to see your glory. And by that, God said, okay, uh, this is what I want you to do tomorrow morning. I want you to go into this, uh, come up to the mountain. There doesn't need to be anybody there, uh, not any animals, not any human beings. Nobody needs to be around. And I want you to come up, and I want to put you in a place that's a cleft of, the, cleft of a rock, meaning he's, he's looking, Moses is looking through a crack and just seeing God come down in his glory, the Shekinah glory coming down. And God puts his hand over Moses' face, over that cleft of the rock, and while he's passing by, Moses sees God's back heel, and he says, God is gracious, he's compassionate, loving kindness, and then it kind of switches, and then he says, God is also a holy God, a righteous God, a just God, he will not leave the guilty unpunished, and whenever that happened, after that, Moses put his nose to the ground, and he began to worship the Lord. And Pastor Steve was preaching over this, and whenever Moses looked at the Lord and he was talking about the Israelites, he said, he said, Father, he said, I don't want you, I don't want to go anywhere that you're not going. I don't want to go anywhere that you're not going. And at the, at the time that Morgan and I are praying through this call uh, that to go to Chad, Africa, we looked at each other, and after it was done, we said, man, that was the peace of God. And really, it urged us to get closer to the Lord because we said, God, we don't want to go to Chad, Africa, if you're not going with us. And so that was our confidence. And that kind of led um, uh, to us in, in learning more about those principles of through prayer, through, through God's word. Um, and through God's word, we believe that in a way God spoke to us in that, in that staff worship. And it was kind of what I like to say, it's an anchor. It's one of those anchors uh, that we can look back on and say, God was in that. And so... That's what I want to add to it. Yeah, so that was the very next day. Um, we had that moment of prayer, a moment of when we came to the Lord with three specific questions and said, okay, these are the big things that on our mind and heart are like, ooh, huge what if. And the next day he answered every single one of those, every single one of those questions. Um, and in staff worship, the Lord delivers this incredible message that you've been in the room before when someone preaches and you're like, that was just for me. Like, how did they That's the Lord. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So that was incredible. And as we continue to pray and as we continue to search God's word um, for a verse, something to cling to, another one of those anchors, he gave it to us in 1 Samuel 12, 24. It says, only fear the Lord. Remember, our struggle was fear versus faith, fear versus faith. And it says, remember, only fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. For consider what great things he has done for you. And he just reminded us to look back. Look back at all of the great things that he has done for us up until this point. How he's provided, how he's been faithful. And to fear nothing but him. And to be faithful with our whole hearts. So we were like, well, 
okay, Lord. <laughs> we called our parents. We told them, and uh, which your parents are great people to talk to, and you make decisions like That's this. Right. And I told my dad, I was like, Dad, like we're still praying through it. We're thinking through it, you know. But like, how do you know how long that you're supposed to like pray through something before you just do it? And he was like, Well, Morgan, it sounds like the Lord has spoken very loudly and very clearly. But I guess you can pray however long you want. <laughs> so we continued to pray for a little while longer and see you affirmation from um, mentors and friends. And he just continued to affirm and continued to affirm and continued to affirm. So I want to encourage you as you seek the Lord um, to seek him in all those ways. Seek his face in prayer. Seek his face in his word. Um, Seek wise counsel uh, and observe your circumstances. And he will speak clearly to you. You may have a lot of fill in the blank still. You do. It does require faith. We have a lot of fill in the blanks still, even today. (laughs) Um, But He has clearly called us. And like Kenzie said, those anchors are the things that when you're months down the road and you begin to think, oh, is this the right thing? Or, oh, did we make the right decision? You can go back and look at how the Lord has been so sure and so clear and walk in faith knowing and and obedience, knowing you're in his will. Wow. I just love that testament of how faithful the Lord has been and how through each of those steps, the thing you went back to was his character and what we revealed in his word, that he was gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and that he was your shepherd and the one who would lead you um, and you could have faith in him instead of fearing. Um, And Morgan, you mentioned that your journey with missions has really been over the past couple of years, but Kinsey, I know for you, it's been um, a little bit longer than that. So for you, um, how has the Lord used missions in your life to teach you? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think when it all started, I had an opportunity at, I think I was 18, 18 or 19 years old, to uh, go on my first international missions trip. And I remember going to a place that's in West Africa called Cote d'Ivoire, um, and I was there for 10 days. And I remember um, feeling all these nerves of what is it going to be like to go to Africa? Am I going to see the, like these lions come out of the jungle and eat other people? Or what's going to happen whenever I step off that plane? And what's the, what's the experience going to be like? And I remember uh, stepping off the plane, and it is a whole different world. It is like dust. It stinks. It is not a very pleasant place. Um, but the Lord was going to speak to me there um, because he did. And in Psalms, it talks about how God speaks uh, to you in foreign places. Uh, And that was true uh, to me. And so I didn't know what God had in store. But through us going out and what we were doing, we're just uh, hosting a youth camp. And so actually your brothers and sisters in Christ, um, between the ages of 12 all the way to 18 years old, we're doing evangelism for a whole week and praying and fasting and doing uh, just really amazing things. And I remember I, I took a group out um, as the missionary trip. We wanted to, they wanted us to take like three or four high school students out to go and share in the villages there in Africa. And so I was there and I remember walking up to this lady's um, door and Africans are super hospitable. And so whenever they see you come up to their home, they're going to give you like three to four chairs and you sit there and you're under the tree and you're just talking. There's not an agenda. They're not like, okay, I got to get to this next meeting. Meeting. That's not their culture. They're just going to sit out under the, the tree and give you a water and you can talk for however long. And I remember, and I told this lady, I said, ma'am, I said, and I'm speaking through a, a translator. And he, he said, and I asked, 
I said, ma'am, I've traveled 3,500 miles, 3,500 miles to tell you this good news. Can I tell you this news? And she looks at me and she says, absolutely. Absolutely. Share with me this, this good news that you have. And so I went and I just talked to the, to the lady and I said, ma'am, have you ever heard of Jesus Christ? And the translator was translating, and, and at that moment, the translator looks back to me, and she just, he just shook his head. And I said, what do you, what do you mean? And, and he said, no, he's, she's never heard of Jesus Christ. Who is that? And at that moment, the, it just broke my heart. That there were thousands of people, millions of people, that were the same that's in the same boat, that have never heard the name of Jesus. That they, they don't even know who that man is. The, the God of, of the scriptures, Jesus Christ, they don't even know. And I, I remember whenever I had that experience, I just remember like, this is, this is crazy. This has forever changed my life. Like, why is it, why? Like, Christianity's been around for thousands of years, and there's places in the world that nobody's ever heard of Jesus Christ. And I remember going back to to the Word and Romans 10, and the Bible affirms this. It says this in, in Romans 10. It says in verse 14, How then will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? How will they be believe in, in Him, meaning Jesus, whom they have not heard? And how will they hear without a preacher, a messenger of the gospel? It says in verse 15, how will they preach unless they are sent? Just as it is written, how beautiful are, are the feet of those who bring good news of good things. And that scripture talks about, Paul is speaking and saying, saying how can they hear if they don't have a preacher among them? If they, and and what, I, what I mean by that, how can they hear if they don't have a Christian among them? Teaching the gospel, the death and the burial and the resurrection of Christ. And so that was, began my journey. It began my journey of that there were people that I've not heard. And that's where, and over time, I thought God, at this point, God's already called me to the ministry. Uh, and I thought that I was going to be a pastor um, but then just through the burden of, of seeing the lostness in the world, uh, I've, I've seen that. And I've seen that people are just not lost, but they, they don't have any type of understanding of who our Lord is and the gift and the gospel of, of what we have and what we can share with them to the brothers and sisters across the world. And so I think um, through my pursuit of mission, missions, I've really learned that the lostness of the world and that kind of re really stirred my heart yeah wow and you mentioned that at that time when the lord first started impressing that upon you you were 19 or 20 years old mm -hmm. um and in this room with this many students and leaders and adults there are probably some people who are thinking through that same call asking the lord would you have me go so what would you say to those those students or those adults who are praying and considering through that same that same concept of missions absolutely um i would I would say this, I, I think 
I would tell you, and I, I really believe this, don't pursue missions, pursue Christ. Don't pursue missions, pursue Christ. Because if you pursue Christ, He will tell you where your feet need to go. And it might be, and I know we've had testimonies in the missions office, there's people here in Memphis that have never heard the name of Jesus Christ. There's people here in Memphis, downtown, I mean, there's in the inner city, there's people that have never heard the name of Christ. And so I think in pursuit of Christ, God will tell you where to go. He's, we know this by his word. He says, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So we know that we got to make disciples. That's how the world's going to be reached. That's how the unengaged and unreached people groups are going to be reached, is by making disciples of you students, making disciples, um, and, and encouraging them to not just stop in, in the city, don't stop in Memphis. Go beyond because that's how that's what the Lord says. That's what the Lord says. Your strategy should never be just a part your, about your city. It should be bigger than that because our God is bigger than that. And so I just want to encourage you to pursue Christ, not missions. Um, and then with that, I've, I've learned something. Um, through my call, and I, this is true for us in our experience, um, just kind of what you just prayed up here just a little bit uh, ago whenever Poppy led you in it, but whenever the Lord was calling us to, to missions, and this is kind of where it's played out in our life, that he's called us to pursue Christ and not missions, is that last year was a very unique year for me, um, walking with the Lord, um, because I was, I was battling with discouragement. I was figuring out what is, where does, where's the Lord going to take our new family, or what does that look like for us? And I remember um, we were actually on our honeymoon there in Gatlin, Gatlinburg, and I remember going and wanting to be with the Lord, and, and the Lord said something to me, and it was just phenomenal. Only the Lord could write that. Um, but in First Samuel, little Samuel, he was, um, he was there, and he was in the temple, and he was running back and forth to Eli. He woke up in the middle of the night. He heard somebody call him. And he ran to Eli, the priest, uh, and said, Eli, did you call me? And he said, no, Samuel, go back and um, go back to sleep. And it happened three times. And then Eli, being the priest, discerned, um, this is the Lord speaking to Samuel, to little Samuel, a little boy. And he said this, he said to Samuel, um, Samuel, Eli speaking to, to Samuel, go back. Whenever you, you hear the voice, say, here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. And that immediately convicted my heart because I remember my heart crying out just before, Lord, here I am. Send me. I was praying Isaiah 6, here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. Send me. And the Lord said, before you can be sent, you first have to have the heart of a child like Samuel. Here I am, Lord. Your servant is listening. And so before you are sent, you must first listen. Before you're sent, you, first, you must first listen. And that has been something that has been true, that in that, don't pursue missions. Pursue Christ, and he will show you where you need to be sent. So I think that has been something that's been real. 
um, in, in our experience. So. And I'll just challenge you, too, as students, that as, as you check your heart, um, that you're not just saying, you know, asking him to fill in your blanks, the, the blanks of your future. Is it missions or pastor or dentist or doctor or whatever, that you're not just saying, God, tell me what my degree is. You know, God, tell me where I'm supposed to go to college. God, tell me where I, whatever, all those things. Um, but that your heart is just like Kenzie said, but for him. And that you'd say, Lord, just give Help me to know and understand you more. Help me to see where it is that you're leading me. And it's been so cool to see some of your very own hearts. My little girlies are all going to college, which is going to make me cry if I think about it. But it's been sweet to see how each of their hearts wasn't, Lord, you know, fill in, fill in the blanks for me. Like, tell me exactly where to go so I can check the box. But to follow the Lord and to be, where can they live life most on mission for the Lord? And that has just been, it is when you're faithful to him, he's faithful to you. And he'll fill in the blanks day by day as you need them, just like Kenzie said. And I challenge you, too, like the next time that there's an opportunity uh, to do uh, Bovilas Memphis, shameless plug, it's all of March. That's right. Um, <laughs> or the next time there's an opportunity to do a missions trip or whatever it is, really go before the Lord in prayer. Don't sign up because you think it'd be cool and don't not sign up because you're afraid. Go before the Lord in prayer and say, Lord, here I am, your servant's listening and available, and, and all of those things, that and that maybe maybe it's stepping out of your comfort zone and doing something like that, just to even try it. I love that. That's a good word. Um, and my final question for you is that as your church body, we aren't just saying, see you later, like, hope you come back from Africa. Um, we're not just saying bye to y'all tonight. We get to partner with y'all in the Great Commission. We get to send you out and partner with you as, you, as the Lord works through you in Chad. Um, and one of the things we get to do is to pray with y'all and for y'all. And so what are some ways that we, as your church family, can be praying for y'all as y'all go? Absolutely. And I know you're about to get there. But something, too, I, I want you to understand how, and our pastor preaches it all the time, but the power of prayer. Um, in Acts 12, verse 5, you can look it up. Um, Peter was in prison, and he, he was in a bond. But it said, not the prayer of Peter, or not the prayer of his disciples, but it says in Acts 12, 5, the prayer of the church. The prayers of the church came alongside, and by that it moved God in an like pastor teaches, we, we really don't understand it, but this is the way that in God's sovereignty he did it. But those prayers allowed an angel to come to Peter and open the door and let Peter walk out of prison. And it was through the prayers of the church. So there's power in the prayers of the church. And so we just want you to have Acts 12, 5, whenever we list that out to, for a reminder for you, uh, to be praying for us, and there's great power in that. Oswald Chambers says, prayer is not, uh, it doesn't prepare you for the greater work, it is the greater work. And so, go ahead, baby. Oh, amen. If I hadn't already married you, I'd marry you again. Um, Ooh, I'm so, blushing. <laughs> praise God, that's right. So, just like Kenzie said, um, that also what Chambers said. Prayer isn't the greater work. It is the work. Um, and we just, we do, we covet your prayers. Uh, and all of you guys, Catherine and Rachel made these really awesome little reminder cards like this that I think are in all your chairs, um, which was neat too, because this is a reminder for us to continue to pray for these same things. Um, so one of the things that we would love for your prayers in is against spiritual warfare, um, both in our remaining time here and also in our time in Chad. Um, you know, um, 
really in any context, in church, in the world, in sports teams. If there's one team, there's another team, right? And there's opposing teams. Um, while we're on the Lord's team, we always have the victory. Um, however, we do still have an enemy, an enemy who's after us. Um, and not to injure us, not to keep us from getting a little ways, but to obliterate us, to destroy us completely. Um, so we, we covet your prayers, uh, that you would pray um, that during this time, he wouldn't have any foothold uh, in our life or there wouldn't be any distraction to keep us um, from focusing our eyes on the Lord. And then as well in our time there, um, you could be praying that the hearts of the nationals would be softened. So their culture is a very Muslim culture. Um, they believe in God, but not like we believe in God. They have a very different religion. Um, and so their hearts are very hard towards Christians. Um, to the point of persecution. So pray for the hearts of the nationals that they would be softened um, to, to, and receptive to hear the gospel so that when we're knocking on doors or talking with them or whatever, they have the heart of that woman of, no, I haven't heard, please let me know, uh, please share. Um, you can be praying for not just the nationals as in like general people, but also for those radical um, Muslim groups. There are, um, what's the name of them again? Boko Haram. Yep, that, um, that group uh, is very, so much against the gospel and believers. Yep. You want to share? Yes. So the group uh, named uh, Boko Haram, they travel up and down, and mainly in Nigeria. They are uh, neighbors to Chad and then Cameroon as well, which are also neighbors to Chad. And they also go up into Chad and in, where in, in Jemina. Just last year, Boko Haram killed 2,600 Christians there in Nigeria and around 100 in, in Jamita uh, back in 2019 and a few back in 2020. Um, and so it's a, it's a real thing. And um, that's, yeah, that's Chad. That's in Jamita. Nigeria is there right beside it and then Central African Republic. Yeah, so praying that their hearts um, would be radically changed for the gospel as well. And you see that happening in scripture too. These people who you're like, what? That would never happen. And they come to know the Lord and there's a massive revival. So, I mean, that's our prayer too for these people that we would love our enemies in that aspect and that they would come to know the Lord, that many more would come to know the Lord. Um, Along the same lines, praying for the missionaries that are there, um, our partners and the few others from other missions organizations, that they would be strengthened and encouraged, that they wouldn't be discouraged. They've been there for much longer um, than we will be there for. Um, and in doing anything, it's easy to be discouraged in doing good. That's why you have the verse that says, do not be discouraged in doing good. Uh, but just prayers that their hearts um, would be filled with peace um, for their families and safety. Um, praying that the Lord would bring peace to the country's political unrest. Um, just like a lot of countries all over the world, they have very opposing political parties that are very, that can be very violent. So just praying that in the same way they would be filled with peace. Um, praying that we'd be able to maintain communication with our missionary partners. With all the unrest, sometimes they like cut the Wi-Fi, cut the ways to communicate, cut all those things for the country, which makes it really hard to <laughs> plan for stuff and show up on the same day and all the, just, you know, things that we like to plan. Um, continuing to pray for our, our marriage um, and also for our new relationships with the um, missionary family there, that we would grow and build our relationship with them and with one another. Uh, and finally, that the Lord would um, continue to speak in our heart, that as we follow him, he would continue to affirm whether or not um, Chad is where we go for a career, which basically means like for a long time, um, or if this is 
the place we go for the summer, and then we go somewhere else later. So just that we would continue to seek the Lord, just like we've been talking about, and he would be, continue to be faithful in showing us those next steps.